Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know what's really important to me when I do business with a company is trust and transparency. I've been telling you now for a good while about my buddy Damon Burton and his company, SEO National, because trust and transparency are just as important to them. You know, for the last 15 years in the search engine optimization space, they have been leading the way and serving people tremendously well. Now, for those of you that don't know what SEO is, it stands for search engine optimization. It helps you show up higher on Google searches so that folks that are looking for what you have find you quicker. And you know what's really encouraging? More revenue, more sales, growing your business. Do me a favor, get in touch with Damon and his team today at SEO National at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get your free quote and tell them you heard it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I hope you're ready because here comes a dynamite conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. It is so cool when I get to have guests on that I've admired and admired their work and uh, get, to, get to see them from afar. But then when we get to come together close up, it's even better. And my guest is the outbound sales guy. It is so cool because I have a sales background and Martin is the outbound sales guy. You can find him on LinkedIn at Martin MacArthur. And he helps early stage companies gener generate qualified sales meetings. We'll get into that. We'll get into a lot of other stuff. We'll tell Martin's story. Um, but it's my honor to welcome my friend, my guest, Martin MacArthur to the Intentional Encourager podcast. Martin, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Thanks, Brian, for uh, having me on. And uh, excited to, to be here and... Um, as a lot of people who have uh, heard my story before and, and who know me, and they know I'm always happy to share uh, share my experiences and uh, in my journey today. So uh, happy to be here. Let's get going. Hey, Martin, that sounds good. Let's start here. You've had a different kind of experience, and I've been asking this question the last two years around the COVID-19 pandemic because... I really want to get a sense of what everybody's experience is like. I can I can watch the news. I can say, hey, we've had this or had that. But I want to know uniquely what your experience has been like. You've been through a couple of things with your health. We were talking before we got started recording. But take me through the last couple of years around what you've kind of seen and noticed through, through the COVID-19 pandemic and maybe a lesson that you learned from it that you'll take with you after it's all said and done. Uh, that, that's a, a great question because there's um, there's been a lot going on over the, these last two years, and uh, depending on where you are, we're navigating slowly out of it. We're full throttle or kind of still in a in a holding pattern. So uh, you know that that kind of varies depending on where you are. But um, for for me personally, so uh, as someone who who is immunocompromised and had to be very diligent um, in, in make sure that, you know, I didn't get any kind of, uh, infection or, or risk around this, this, uh, 
COVID nonsense. Um, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way, just COVID right. in general, right? But um, <clears throat> what I've I've experienced is we've had a lot of uh, uh, a lot of isolation, you know, with people having to be at home and lockdowns and so forth, which I think's been good to an extent because it's forced people to um, maybe take stock of, of their conversations, their relationships, which I think is a good thing. You know, they, they haven't been able to uh, enjoy some luxuries, right? Like, you know, going to do different events and, and traveling and so forth. So there's been more, I think, more family time, which is um, as, as someone who, who has a close family, family, um, I, I think that's good for those who, who maybe were able to reconnect and inform some of those stronger bonds. But from a, a business standpoint, um, what, what I've constantly have heard in, in, you know, in the, in the world is that it's forced leadership and, and business owners to, to kind of take stock of, okay, we've been, especially when it comes to sales development, um, outbound sales, inside sales, they've, they've had to, kind of change their mindset from, okay, we can, we can just attend these different events. We can go out and have these folks in the field and, and just have the folks in, internally follow up with uh, leads and, and open opportunities for these folks in the field and at events. Yeah. Well, that's not no longer the case, right? So they've had to change their whole, um, you know, maybe like those companies that have been used to that whole uh, external environment, they've had to transition to an internal environment. And uh, I think that's been challenging, but also kind of opened them up to, okay, well, now we've got more opportunity because we can go further and, and wider than before. I love what you said there about, and there's a couple things that I want to, to, to park on and, and just take our conversation a little bit deeper. I love what you said about changing the mindset in business, because there's an old saying that we've had in sales for years. We do what we've always done. We're going to get what we've always got. Or you, you go back to, and we used to call them when I was out in the field, Martin, we would call them honey holes. We would say, okay, you know, this particular part of my territory does well. I can always go back and tap into that and pull extra business out of that. Or this customer, uh, yeah, that's a great customer, and I can always pull a little bit of extra business out of them when, when I need a bump or something like that. You couldn't do that in the last couple of years because those customers that you could traditionally count on were facing their own challenges. They were facing their own issues. And I love what you said there. What have you seen from a mindset change? I know you touched on it a minute ago from external to internal, but what else have you seen? Let me, let me go here. I'm forgive me for, for doing this to you. I want to change the thought process around this question. What has been the feedback that you've heard from customers around how they've had to change their own mindset around their business? Maybe they invested more in training before they're pulling back. Maybe they've invested in other things and pulled back. 
What are you hearing about the mindset of customers in the last couple of years that's been surprising to you? Yeah, that's, that's definitely a great question. So, so the biggest thing I, has been two, uh, twofold. So, um, there, there's been more openings or, or opportunities because people are either, uh, unfortunately they were let go and laid off or, uh, they've decided, okay, um, you know, they've had more free time in it because they're not commuting or whatever. So they started a, a side hustle. Now they're, they're slowly transitioning that side hustle into a, a full-time gig. But yeah. uh, the, the, the companies that, like the customers, they're investing in, in two aspects. They're investing in uh, sales and enablement. So making sure that the reps that they have, that they continue to stay on, or that they can, you know, as, as they grow now with things starting to uh, pick up a little bit more, the reps that they bring on, new reps, they want to make sure that they they are armed with um, every aspect that the buyer is looking for, because buyers have, over the last two years have changed how they like to buy, right? Like they want that Amazon. Um, type experience, right? Where they can right. just go consume. Okay. Uh, I know that there's these three vendors in my space. I'm going to go and research them and, and gather as much feedback before I even say, you Hey, okay, made, I want to learn more. Forgive me for jumping in there. You just, you gave us something incredible there. And, and I've got to pivot there for just to forgive me martin but you you just you hit something there that i had to 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 get you to to talk a little bit deeper about yeah what you what you were talking about is the buyer transitioning to a consumer if i heard you correctly and that's yep. what that's what's I, here's what what I heard out of that part of the conversation, and I want you to expound on that a little bit because that is absolutely brilliant. Because what's happened is in sales, and I, I've been in sales for well over 20 years, is you educate your your customer, you you know you you convince them on the features and benefits, right? All the traditional things that we've been talking about in sales forever, and now all of a sudden, the buyer says to themselves, I can buy differently. And now I'm going to buy like everybody else buys instead of how someone tells me how to buy. That's right. And I love that. I love that how you've identified that shift because to a lot of salespeople, it's almost as if their buyers are now speaking a foreign language. It would be like me talking to you in English and you answering me in French. There's no way I would be able to understand it. And I love what you said there. Please go a little bit deeper on that because that is such brilliant insight. And I've not heard anybody really talk about how buyers have flipped instead of buying, they're consuming and they're consuming in different ways. That is so profound, Martin. Please go a little deeper there. Yeah, for sure. So, so, so where I'm coming from is, is from the um, sales development and, and top of funnel aspect, because that's where I spend all my time. 
but w- what I, I really mean by the consume the, the buyer now is consuming. So um, they, they have a plethora of various channels that they can consume information on, right? Like they can be they can be working, but they can also listen to your podcast in the background, or they can have a, a TikTok or YouTube or like video, some type of video on the background. Or if they're a reader, you know, they can go and, and while they're working out or having a, a coffee, they can read. So, so there's all these different mediums of, of ways to, for the, the buyer and prospect to be able to consume. So instead of traditionally, right before, think of, think of this. So, so you have a sales development rep. Typically what would happen is they would go and and they send out an email or they connect with you on LinkedIn or they pick up the phone and call you Mm -hmm. and they try and jam something down your throat in order to get a meeting. Well, now that sales development rep needs to be a thought leader. They need to be creating information, content that's relevant, that engages, educates, excites your prospect because they're consuming all this information and they're going to dictate when they're ready to take a meeting, which will lead to when they're ready to purchase and go through your uh, sales process. There's two things that come to mind when I hear you talk about that. Let's step aside, take a quick break. And I, and I want to pivot there because again, you, you are just bringing a lot of great stuff to us today. And I, and there's a couple of things that just came to mind when, when you talked about that, I am talking to the outbound sales guy. His name is Martin MacArthur. He is a, um, sales development coach, um, helps companies with revenue growth, outbound sales, sales development strategies. This is great conversation. If you're a business owner, you want to dial into the rest of this conversation. We're going to get into Martin's story a little bit later. Martin's just bringing some incredible nuggets today. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back with us on this episode of the Intentional Encourager podcast back in just a moment. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. The new year is upon us and you may be sitting there thinking, hey, I would really love to pay off some debt or I would like to save for that dream vacation. Maybe you want to buy a new car, whatever it is you want to do financially in the coming year. Let me give you a great piece of intentional encouragement and something to think about that might help you do it. Products for profit. Now this is a course taught by my good friend, Joe Hart, who's been a guest on the Intentional Encourager podcast and has told his story how reselling changed his life. And you know what, folks, it could do the same thing for you too. It's really simple. Reselling is basically buying a product and then reselling it online for more money. And Joe is going to take you through the steps and show you how to do this either part-time or maybe as some of his students have done, take this full-time as well. Go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP. And oh, by the way, this group is going to help you find leads of products that are profitable right now, give you all kinds of great intentional encouragement, and you're going to be surrounded by a community of people that are going to want to see you be successful in the reselling game. Again, go to coachjoe89.com 
www.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP and tell him you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Martin, before we went to break, there were a couple things that you really hit on that I love. You were talking about salespeople becoming thought leaders and content creators. That's really powerful because here's what I thought about. And forgive me for using this analogy, and, and I hope I don't offend some people or turn people off, but I thought about when we consume a meal, our body absorbs part of that meal, but then a lot of that meal is, is excreted in waste. And that's what, you know, when you're creating a lot of content and things like that, your buyers are going to take and absorb some things that really resonate with them. And maybe some of the content goes out of them in waste. In other words, it just, you know, they kind of take it out of their mind or whatever. But if you can have two or three things, this is my thought around that, what you just said. And I love the way you talked about it. And forgive me for taking a really good thought and, and bringing a terrible analogy to it, but that, that, that's the only way I could kind of think about it is, you know, we take in a lot of, of information ourselves. Everybody does. We absorb some of it and retain it. And some of it just goes out as waste. So I love that, that thought around that, but I want to go back to something you said just a minute ago about the opportunities existing for not only buyers, but for salespeople. And I've always felt like this as a, as a former sales manager and, and people developer and things like that. The worst thing I thought we could do as a company was release good talent into the marketplace for our competitors to, to consume them or to bring them into their fold. I've always Absolutely. thought that that was a terrible mistake. And you just hit the nail on the head. The pandemic either forced indirectly or directly some companies or some companies intentionally chose to release great talent into the market. And I think to myself, why am I going to do something to help my competition by releasing great talent into the market? What is, what do you think we'll see the ramifications of what we've gone through the last couple of years? Kind of put your crystal ball you know, your, your crystal hat on or whatever it is, just some kind of forward thinking cap. Where do you think the next, how do you think the next five years will be shaped by what we've gone through the last two years in sales? Oh yeah, that's a, that's a great question. That's pretty um, deep. Hey man, <laughs> you know, I can, Hey, listen, I can come up with them from time to time. It's not often. It's probably like Haley's comet or something like that. You know, once every 75 years, so, so what you're question. saying is good thing we got it recorded. So yeah, exactly right, man. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think um, I think one of the things definitely is that, um, and, and we're kind of experiencing it a bit currently, is, is there, there's going to be more saturation in the marketplace. So, like, you're going to have um, competition, right? Um, I, I always think, like, competition is good because there's enough business to go around for for everyone, um, but also in the same same sense, I think you'll see uh, some consolidation. Um, you know, with 
some mergers, acquisitions, what have you. But also I see um, artificial intelligence and technology really continuing to evolve and support, not replace, support um, the sales function in, in a whole as well as you know a lot of of other industries you're already seeing it in, in uh, retail and medical some uh, manufacturing is transitioning yeah. so uh, you know it's just that's that's the evolution we're in uh what is it we're in the um the third third uh revolution technology revolution right so um i think that's just going to continue to evolve and and be better for all involved and martin i love what you said there about the evolution right because i can remember 25 years ago now 25 years ago for me i was 23 or 24 years old i was just a kid yeah <laughs> i took a sales job with with a with a food distributor and part of my training in air quotes was my sales manager made me listen to cassette tapes of a guy that, and at that time, these tapes were probably 20 years old themselves. And it was, it was old school sales training and, and things like that. And, and I still remember some of those concepts, but now the salesperson is constantly evolving. The business person is constantly involving and I love what you said about AI, artificial intelligence, being a big component of that. Let's speak to the business owner for just a second, because to me, I feel like business, being an entrepreneur today is more layered and nuanced and in some ways can be more challenging than it's ever been. You've got so many. Yeah. It's yeah. one of the best challenges, but it, it is a challenge. Well, yeah, yeah, go with that. Go with that. I, I, I want to hear your thoughts around that. I, I, I can park what I was going to say. Go with that, what you were talking about there. Yeah. So especially like if, if you're a company that um, has, has no, no funding, right? Has, you're, you're just doing it from your own uh, savings, your, your bootstrapping. It is, it's challenging because you, you know that, okay, I need some of these tools, technology, people, what have you, in order to be successful. But, okay, I know I don't have the financial capital to invest in those, so I need to prioritize where do I invest my dollars. But then also, you're responsible for everything, marketing, finance, uh, invoicing, human resources, sales, the, the whole strategy, like every facet of the business is on your shoulders. Yeah. And it, it can be overwhelming. Well, and here's the thing too, it can be overwhelming for salespeople because the volume of information that salespeople have now is incredible. I mean, just yeah. the, the library. And Martin, here's the thing. A lot of times a salesperson can get training on the fly right here on their phone. Yep. You know, they, they can, they can read a, they can read a post from you or, and, and forgive me, I'm going to leave out friends of mine. So I'm just going to, but, but there are tons of, 
of friends of both of ours that are just putting out incredible content. If a salesperson is following the right people on LinkedIn or on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter, they can literally get sales trained in an instant. They can get ongoing sales training instantaneously. They can spend 30 minutes just combing through posts and have phenomenal sales training. I, I would put a caveat to that. Yeah, please do. Yeah, that, go ahead. That you can, yes, you, that you have all that information at your disposal, and and you hit on on the right on a good point there. Follow the right people. However, what I always say is, absorb, consume, and then figure out does this work for me? Because just because it's working for a couple people and they're having success doesn't mean that it's going to be successful for you. It doesn't mean that it's going to fit uh, your personality, your uh, vernacular, right? Like you need yeah. to be, you, you need to have some common sense and, and be like, eh, I don't really think that's going to work for me, which is fine. Right? Like move on, but also feel free to be cre you know, creative and, and put your own, spin on it and if you have success then go share it with people be you know create a post and be like this is what worked for me yeah and uh, and you'll be surprised at what kind of feedback you get from that and martin i love that again such great nuggets today on this podcast and and what you said is you know messaging you've you've got marketing people that are trying to and i'm not I'm not downing marketing people. I'm not trying to be critical, but it feels like messaging today is almost trying to be universal. And here's what I mean by that. Um, sports gambling. I, I listen to sports talk radio quite a bit. And if I, in an hour, I will hear anywhere from three, whether it's a live read from the host, whether it's a, a commercial, a produced commercial, uh, either for FanDuel or um, DraftKings or Bet Rivers, I have zero, zero interest in gambling. I don't yep. want to gamble. That's not. But but I'm constantly being inundated. Like, well, your state now, you know, West Virginia now is allowing gambling, and if you have, a, I almost get to the point where it's like if I hear another gambling ad, I'm going to turn it off, and and you're you know that host is going to suffer because I'm not listening anymore. Yep. And I just, I feel like we, we've got to get past universal messaging that, that somebody says, okay, well, I'm going to create a post or I'm going to do a commercial or I'm going to do this. And, and, and I'm just going to reach, I, I want it to reach everybody. To me, that's lazy marketing, figure out who you're trying to talk to and talk to those people. When, when you think about messaging, from a sales perspective, I really want to get your thoughts on that because you 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 were I I felt like you were going there. I was like, man, I, I really want to pull that out. Talk yeah, so, about the power uh, of messaging. Yeah, go ahead. For, for sure. So uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I was introduced um, to a, a fellow named Matthew Pollard. He is a super smart guy, and he he wrote a book called The Introvert's Edge. And it's for, I, I'm not necessarily an introvert, but I'm also not 
you know, I'm kind of like in between introvert and extrovert. Um, so I, I was really interested to read the book. And, and in that book, there's a Matthew speaks of, uh, of how to, you know, when you're, you're networking or you're targeting or whatever you, you want to call it, right? In my world, it's targeting because you're, you're targeting uh, prospects. Um, it, so, so basically what he says is if you're, if you're trying to talk to everybody, you're talking to nobody. And I always thought that was really right on the mark because it's true. If, if, if you're trying to like going, going to your point, right. Is you try and create this message and you just go and throw it basically at everybody, right? Yeah, you're going to hit somebody that, that it resonates with, but you've also, you've missed out on an opportunity because you've hit the, the people that don't want to hear it right now. Therefore, it doesn't resonate. Now they've, they, they've kind of soured on this brand, this uh, offering, right? Because it's like, well, obviously you're not paying attention to me. Like you're not focusing in on, uh, my goals, my my desires, and, and what's important to me. So, you really need to, um, and, and this is something that a lot of, of founders and co-founders of, of um, early stage companies struggle with, is they don't clearly understand who it is that they, um, who they help, or who it is that they want to help, because they think, well, we can help you know, this group, this group, and this group. Okay, well, maybe, but let's let's really focus on, on who you can really help, how you can really help them. Yeah. And what is it you're helping them them do? Like, what, what are you helping them solve? Because there's, I don't know, how many people on, on the planet? Like, so, so just really dial in that messaging because it's going to serve you well in the long run opposed to, to uh, turning off potential buyers and, and longtime customers and evangelists. Well, and, and Martin, what, what you're talking about there and, and something that triggered in my mind is that I, I like McDonald's food. Like I can go through there and get breakfast or <laughs> I like, I like their food. Some people are like, I, I don't, I like McDonald's food. But if McDonald's came to me and said, Brian, you can have free Big Macs for a year. I don't like Big Macs. I don't like the sauce. But if they said to me, Brian, we know you don't like Big Macs. We want to give you a free Big Macs for a year. We know you don't like Big Macs. Listen, what if we took the special sauce off there? I'd be more excited. I'd be a little more excited. I'd be like, okay, now you're, now you're coming to the fence a little bit. Okay. Yeah. And if they said to me, instead of the free Big Macs, if you want to get, you can get free Big Macs if you want, but you could also have maybe a double quarter pounder with cheese. Now you're really honing in on, okay, you're getting to where I like it. Now you're really helping me hone in on what's important to me, where, where I am, where, what connects with me and yep. things like that. And Martin, that was a brilliant point that you made because too many times, and I found that as a young salesperson, 
as a young salesperson, probably for me from like 22 to 32, I'll say, and I'll be 50 in August, 22 to 32. I really had to dial, you know, I was, I was so concerned about making sure everybody had my phone number and yeah, you call me when you have a problem and you know, I want to be the one that, that, that takes care of it. And my price is better. What I learned from 32 on was I know what problems I solve. I know what value I bring. If you buy from me, here's, here's, you, you get great product, but you're going to get something else as well, too. You're going to get knowledge. You're going to get expertise. You're going to get somebody that surveys the marketplace. And it took me a good 10 years to really figure out that the stuff I thought that I was doing right, it was dumb luck. It, that pe Most people liked my personality. And I had a boss that told me one time, he called me by my nickname. He called me sexy. He said, sexy, he says, I know why people like to talk to you. He said, because you're way more interesting than the, the work they actually have to do in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he said, you know, what he was telling me was you really didn't talk about a whole lot, but man, you're really entertaining doing it. So, yeah. you know, maybe that was foreshadowing for podcasting. Who knows? But uh, I got to go here real quick and then we'll step aside and take a break and tell your story. What's been the biggest reward for you? being the outbound sales guy and the work that you've done on social media platforms like LinkedIn and things like that, what's been the most rewarding thing for you, maybe from a non-business standpoint that's happened because of the brand that you've built? Um, two, two things. It's getting to the opportunity to do um, things like this, get, get on some incredible podcasts and have conversations and, and share my journey, my uh, story. And then also just helping people, having people come to me and say, you inspire me or, or I love your, your content. It's been helpful for me or I was able to, to book a meeting because of your content. So just, just being a supportive influence for for those because I, I strongly believe that um, there's a lot of people that helped me along the way so uh, I, f I feel like we should be lifting those up that are, are coming up behind us and, and I love that Martin and again what what drew I'll say this and we'll, we will take a break what really drew me to you was just the the immediate kindness just the right there you could see immediately in in two or three of your posts the the evident kindness that you that you talk with people and share with people um you are a genuinely kind person and and we lack that a lot of times in social media it's i i feel like it's people just saying Look at what I'm doing. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at this. I'm building a platform. I never got that from you, Martin. And I want to tell you that publicly. I have always seen a consistent pattern of kindness with you. And that really resonates with me. And I, and folks, I, I would highly encourage you, if you're not connected to Martin on LinkedIn or you're not following him, do that. Do that today. When, you, when you're listening to the middle of this podcast, finish the podcast. And then after you finish the podcast, 
go to LinkedIn and connect with Martin MacArthur. And um, we're going to get into more of Martin's story. He is the outbound sales guy, Martin MacArthur. When we come back, we're going to talk, we're going to hear his story. You come back as well to here on the Intentional Encourager podcast back in just a moment. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. I want to take a moment and tell you about my friend Harry Spate and his new book, Selling with Dignity. Harry has taken an age-old concept of sales, and he's put a new twist to it, and I love the direction that he's taken with Selling with Dignity. And here's what's encouraging about Harry's book. Instead of viewing people as numbers and machines, salespeople are now given the tools and the encouragement to be dignified in their approach. Here's what Harry says. He says, selling is an honorable profession when it's done right. When sellers feel they're valuable and have integrity and respect. This opens the door for better conversations and eventually relationship. This book puts an end to sleazy sales tactics and proves why selling with dignity can be done and it leads to massive success. And I couldn't agree more. Go to sellingwithdignity.com, get your copy today. And if you want Harry to sign it, he'll do that for you. Again, go to sellingwithdignity.com and pick up your copy today of the new book by Harry Spate, Selling with Dignity. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional encourage your podcast. Martin, let's dive into your story, man. I could have talked sales with you for another hour, but then I would miss the, the real crux and the real meat and the heart of who you are in this conversation. So please, I want you to take the floor. I may jump in with a question or two, but, but take us through your story and your journey. Yeah, that's. Uh, thank, thank you for that, Brian, and Anna. I want to thank you for your your kind words just a, a moment ago. It's a uh, very, very gracious and kind of you, and uh, um, you know, it's, it's overwhelming the the amount of people that, uh, that reach out and have the the same type of message. So appreciate that. Um, yeah, so so my story, my journey. Um, so. Uh, for for anyone who's not following me on LinkedIn who doesn't um, isn't aware already, uh, at the age of seven I was diagnosed with what's called juvenile retinitis pigmentosa. It's a uh, disease that affects your retinas, retinas and um, basically it causes them to uh, to detach and um, it led me to to become uh, totally blind. It, it's fairly aggressive and um, normally when, when people are diagnosed with RP, um, they get it around their early to mid 20s, but it, again, it's very aggressive. It, it goes pretty quickly. So um, I went from at the age of seven having, age of seven, sorry, of having a little bit of sight to uh, quickly not, not well, it, it was kind of gradual, but then aggressive. So um, I think it was my teenage years. I is when I was, uh, fully, totally blind. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I got my start in, in sales development. Well, I guess business, if you will, um, because both my parents, uh, they own their own grocery store when I was a, a kid. So, uh, my sisters, two sisters and I, we always had some sort of a, a role working within the store, whether that was in, um, you know, the back rooms and until we were able to, to be out in the, uh, 
uh, on the floor engaging with customers, uh, stocking shelves, uh, in my sister's cases, ordering management, etc. So I really got my a lot of my sales experience and knowledge just from uh, working alongside my dad, and, and I, I really enjoyed that. And Martin, I got to uh, ask you, please forgive me for interrupting. Yeah, How did you yeah, navigate sure. your way through the different aisles? Because in the grocery business, resets are a common thing that happens. Yeah. Um, even in smaller grocery stores, stores will go through resets where um, a vendor will pay um, for a, a, a different piece of shelving and things like yep. that. You know, I'm, I'm in the back of, of aisle two. I want to be in the front of aisle two and I'm going to pay extra for that store reset privilege, things like that. How did you navigate your way when you became totally blind by the time you were a teenager? How were you able to navigate your way through the store and continue to to do some of the functions that you wanted to do alongside your dad? So I was always a laborer, always working with my dad and, and you always had lifting and lugging and uh, passing. So always, always with him and on his arm and, he, he'd guide me through the, the store and, um, you know, there, there was never uh, an issue because, you know, I was always handing him something and he was uh, navigating through the the uh, the aisles and, and so forth. But uh, that's incredible to me. That it is was so also a, there was also repeat customers. Right. So they get uh, we were in a in a small town so you, you begin to know each customer and they get to know you so they're you know people over time realize what was going on and you never considered it I, i'm putting myself in i'm trying to put myself in that that spot because i worked in a grocery store i worked in a decent sized grocery store my that was my first job and i can remember you know, facing shelves and moving up and down the aisles and doing a lot of the things, putting, putting, taking things off of pallets, putting, you know, putting them on carts and dollies and things like that, using a box cutter. And so I'm imagining all these things, Martin, myself, and I'm amazed that you just, you said you always considered yourself a laborer, which is contrary and for and I don't mean I mean this not disrespectfully. I mean this in an awe-inspiring way. Blind people, that that's that is, and I have an uncle that's totally blind. He was legally blind when he was a child, and and has become totally blind. And my uncle ran a, a snack bar for years. He and my aunt ran a snack bar together, and I was amazed at all the things that my uncle did. My uncle rode a bike and things like that. I'm amazed at how you just were a laborer was that something that you just fell in love with was it more that or just being with your dad and being side by side with your dad and and having a sense of helping your mom and dad be successful in their business as well yeah it was just being able to, to work with my dad and be able to pitch in where i could and, and help we uh we were always raised just hard work and jump in where you can. So that, that was where I could help. And that's where I, I jumped in. Um, so how so, much you, and, and, and as a, like early on as a child, my parents, they, they never 
well, my parents and my and my two sisters, they never, um, like the, the thought was never to treat me differently. It was always to to allow me to have experience whatever I wanted to experience and um, not not to be able to, to you know not be put in any kind of a bubble or anything like that. How much sales do you think you learned working in grocery store? Because for me, I worked in a grocery store from 17. I left right before I turned 22. So I was, so five years, five, five and a half, almost five years from 17 to, no, I was 20, I was 22. I'm sorry. I was 17 to 22. I worked in a grocery store. And for me, I felt like that, that was really where I learned customer service. I learned how to take care of people. How much of your sales background do you, do you feel like came from, from working in your parents' grocery store? Um, I would say a majority of it. So like, like you said, learning how to, uh, provide customer service, um, how to foster those relationships, because especially when you're, you're in a smaller area, um, like there's three grocery stores. So people either, you're all about going above and beyond and, uh, providing the best experiences possible, because if not, well, then they're going to the, the store that's down the road and there goes your, your sale. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, providing the, those experiences and then also, um, interacting with various, uh, distributors, representatives, uh, vendors, etc., and having to, to negotiate, you know, I wasn't involved in a lot, but obviously you would hear, hear different snippets of conversations of negotiations and etc. So, you, you know, you, you pick things up along the way and, um, and then the rest of my experience would say, I, I would say has come over the, you know, from the various roles that I've held in, in um, you know, fa failure by fire, I guess would be the, the accurate term. I love that failure by fire. I think we've all been there and done that. Was that a hard conversation when you wanted to kind of launch out into a sales career on your own? Was that a hard conversation to have with your mom and dad? Because the reason I ask that Martin is, is a lot of times, you know, businesses like that become legacy businesses. You know, the, 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 the goal is start the business, hand it down to the kids or, you know, have the son take it over or whatever. Was that a hard conversation when you, when you decided to kind of launch out on your own and, and go into a sales career to have with your mom and dad and say, Hey, I love you. I'm grateful for what this store, what you, what your business has done for me, but it's time for me to go do something else. Uh, not really, because by the time I, I was finishing high school, my parents had uh, sold their store and, and they were, um, they were transitioning into to other facets. So um, it wasn't really much of a, of an issue, but, um, you know, my dad and I, like my, both my parents and I, we always talk and have conversations and so forth, but my dad kind of thought that, uh, especially, you know, he, he turned it to marketing right back, back then because it wasn't, sales development wasn't quite the, 
uh, arena that it is now, but he said, you know, maybe telemarketing is, is a good path for you to explore because you don't need your site. So, um, you know, kind of explored that, that avenue and, um, you know, look at where it led. That's incredible. And you're exactly right. Um, you know, telemarketing, if you can connect with someone over the phone who you haven't seen, imagine what you can do. And, and when I say seen face to face in front of them, sitting across the table from them, um, if you can connect with someone, you're not in the same room with them. Imagine what you do sitting across the table from them. And, and Martin, that that's brilliant. Let me ask you this. Take me through the creation of the outbound sales guy. I meant to ask you this mm -hmm. in the last segment, but yeah, so, really, so, yeah, take me through that creation real quick. So, so how it came about really was um, two and a half years ago, maybe three now, I forget. Um, I, I had a great opportunity to be a part of a of an outbound sales development agency. Um, unfortunately. They lost their funding and, and they're no longer around. Um, but I, I learned so much valuable lessons and information from that company. And um, uh, I was trying to find something and I was just kind of, I, I wasn't having a lot of success and I was getting frustrated. So I just started sharing some content, creating some content and uh, like, I need to I need a good headline, right? Like I need something that's going to, I always say this, smack somebody in the face when they yeah. come across it. And, uh, like, well, what, what, what can I come up with? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm talking about outbound sales. I've been in outbound sales a lot and it just kind of materialized from there. And then I, I always like over the last, that year that I was with the, the, the funded company and then afterwards I was kind of toying with the idea in the back of my head, well, maybe I'll try it on my own. And finally I said, okay, well either go and do it or put it out of your head because thinking about it is only going to distract you. So, uh, I launched and there we go. And, and, and I'll tell you, you have overcome some, some challenges. Um, and Martin's talked about this on his posts. He, he had, he's had both of his hips replaced. Uh, I've seen family members go through that. Uh, man, my hat's off to you. I I've got to ask you, you have such a, a wealth and variety of experiences. And I'm humbled that you chose to share some of those with me this morning in this conversation. Thank you for that. But I would miss it totally, Martin, if I didn't ask you to share with this audience your biggest piece of intentional encouragement and how you keep yourself encouraged on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, encouraged, uh, I strongly believe it comes from your foundation and uh, the foundation that, that I have is family and being surrounded with positive influences. Um, you know, I, I've touched on it. My, my parents are, they're extremely supportive individuals. Uh, my sisters are, they're constantly offering, uh, support and encouragement. Um, 
so so that's where I draw a lot of uh, of, of that from. Um, but it also comes from within. It's the the tools that that I was brought up with and instilled with me over my childhood, and um, you know that that's really. Um, excuse me. That, that's really the, the, the where a lot of my encouragement comes from. It, it's from within, and you you have to, you know, people can push you right. Like people can cheer you on and push you from the sidelines, but at the end of the day, you have to be motivated. You have to um, you have to hold yourself accountable and into a whatever your standard is so for me i have a an extremely high standard uh, of myself um and only i can live up to that right i can't live up to someone else's expectation only mine so um really it's it's about accountability foundation and and the positive influences that you keep in your life i love that and i said that earlier today martin to someone you cannot you cannot pour from an empty bucket. And, and again, um, I love that you, you have found that's the biggest thing. I think Martin is people don't know how to keep themselves encouraged and you just beautifully sum that up so well for us. So I thank you. Let folks know how they can connect with you, find your resources. Um, anything else that you want to share with them about what you're doing right now? Yeah. So, so the best, places on LinkedIn, follow me or, or connect with me. Uh, you can search the outbound sales guy or Martin MacArthur. And, and I'm sure Brian, you'll have the show notes with, uh, with my LinkedIn profile. People can also visit the outbound triple W the outbound sales guy.com. Um, and, uh, other than that, just really working hard on, uh, I'm growing the outbound sales guy and, and helping early stage companies um, get to that next level of growth that they're looking for. I said it before and I'll say it again. One of the kindest individuals that I know, Martin MacArthur. Martin, I am grateful. I've wanted to do this for a while, have this conversation with you. I'm so grateful that we were able to do it. Thank you for joining me today on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Uh, really happy to be here and, and thanks again for having me my thanks as always to producer bryce sexton and technical advisor matt means and of course the ultimate thanks goes to the lord jesus christ who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word if you're not subscribed to the intentional encourager podcast hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged and remember anyone anywhere at any time any place can be an intentional encourager <laughs>